PK, are they still playing this in LA? Back in the day, you could hear this are, in Laker yeah. games. Oh, yeah. I was there many times yeah. for work, and they would play that when they basically have the game in hand and make a big comeback or whatever it might be, and the place would go nuts at the form. Time to welcome in a guy who's definitely sung this song and belted it out. Larry the Laker checking in. Larry, welcome back. Hey, guys. How you doing, man? Good to talk to you. Good. You like this song, Larry? It's reminding you of some good oh, times, some big wins? That's a staple for sure, you know. Uh, and, I mean, let's face it. How, how could these things go any better? I mean, pitchers and catchers have reported, you know. We've got Trevor Bauer. Uh, things are looking up. I mean, uh, we're, we're excited here in L.A. these days. Speaking of looking up, that's exactly what the Lakers are doing to the Jazz. Oh, oh, the, the Lakers are looking up a long way at, these, at this point, too. I mean, uh, hey, you know, PK, the Jazz are absolutely for real. I, being a Laker fan, have found it kind of annoying listening to these national pundits always poo-pooing, you know, what the Jazz have done. What is it? Is it 21 out of 22 now? I, or, oh, no, they lost another game to the club. But still, 21 out of 23 or something? Yeah, that doesn't it. happen by accident. I mean, that's, that's a huge run. And I've watched, I would say, for the first two-thirds of this run, I really only saw bits and pieces of the Jazz. In the last couple of weeks, I've seen a couple of their games, and it's really impressive what they're doing. So, these people nationally who keep saying, oh, yeah, that's just a hot streak, they're, they're just not paying attention as usual, I would say. Um, but, <laughs> you know, well, remember last year, of course, all year long, and at this point, this will give, you know, Jazz fans to take heart. Every single one of these national windbags was saying, oh, well, the Lakers are pretty good, but, I mean, the Clippers are clearly the best team. That was on every show, you know, and we all know how that went. So, um, you know, we'll see. i got to say, I'm – it's a little disappointing for me tonight because I was really looking forward like two weeks ago. Totally had this day circled. Couldn't wait to see the matchup. But what you're going to see tonight is a great jazz team and a very, at this point in time, mediocre to not even great Laker team. So uh, hopefully they can hang in there. But I have a feeling jazz fans might be, you know, um, singing We Love SLC tonight when it's all over. <laughs> So the thing that keeps jazz fans, well, one, there's just the just the uh, the the memories of so many good Laker teams and losing so many playoff series and looking up at them in the standing so many years. There's all of that, and then there's just LeBron defying time. And so when slash if AD's healthy, and I guess we can get into that and see see what if anything you know what the scuttlebutt is. And, and obviously Schroeder's out for a week, but he's supposed to be back Friday, and he'll miss the Jazz game. But then he should be back. But when they have their guys, the Lakers have played games where they look like they ought to be the favorite. <laughs> they're the defending champs. They're playing at a high level. You you know you're the king until you're beaten. So. How much of that are you still feeling? They're going to get healthy, or are you just looking at AD thinking, no, nah, this isn't the year? You know, AD is really not my worry. And, and AD, what he has is, and, and I play a bunch of tennis, and I'm nowhere near in the condition these guys are, but uh, a couple of years ago, I went through a situation where I strained a calf pretty badly, and I sat out for like three weeks, but I was really, really hoping to get back on the court, so... In, you know, when I was walking around, it was a little sore, but just a little tiny bit. No big deal. So I went out there, played for like five minutes, took a step the wrong way, 
the whole thing seized up, and I didn't play for like six weeks after that. It was so like messed up. Caps are like hamstrings are super, super tricky. If you don't let them 100% heal and you do anything, you're just going to make it worse. So I really believe in the AD world. They're just saying, listen, we can't win without him, which has been very much proven. Um, so we are going to take this to the point where not only is it not sore, it's not sore at all. Like it's 100%. And then he's going to play. Um, LeBron, LeBron is, he, he really annoyed me in that game the other night. I know it sounds completely terrible to say LeBron annoys you when he basically got you a championship last year, but he needs to rest some more. You can see it on the court. He is not at this point firing on all cylinders. He's, He's having to take parts of the game off when he's in the game. He's settling for, like, fall-away three-pointers, like, constantly. Not just a couple times a game. Um, because you can tell he's gassed. And he keeps saying to the press, you know, it's his little narrative. Oh, no, I'm not tired. You know, uh, my age doesn't mean it. I don't know if it's his age. I just think that this team, and the same with the Heat, you know, uh, they turned it around, uh, what was it, seven weeks after the championship series? the shortest turnaround any teams have had in North American sports history. They turned it around and started playing again. They need more time off. And it doesn't matter if the Lakers are the fourth seed or the fifth. It doesn't matter. They just need to be healthy. So that's my hope that, you know, AD will be fine. I really believe that. But LeBron has got to start just – there was people yesterday, if you would have heard L.A. sports radio, the big talk around town has been – that LeBron should not have made the trip to Utah because everybody figures Utah is so good, they're just going to spank them anyway. And he could take a couple days off, and then he gets Schroeder back for Friday against Portland and try to win that game. So that's where people are sitting on that. It's just uh, It can be a little frustrating watching LeBron try to like almost like bowl his way through this wall that seems that he seems to have hit right now. Well, you praise us and our jazz, but yet you were on Twitter saying enjoy it now because those threes aren't falling in the playoffs. Admit it. You're an <laughs> adversary and a hater. Actually, I was more cutesy than that. I said, you know, this is very enjoyable now. Uh, I said something more to the effect of it'll be curious to see how a team thrives shooting all those threes in the playoffs where things tighten up and slow down. But, well, hey, PK, this is the honest-to-God truth. If I heard a voice from above right now uh, say to me, Larry, this year the Lakers just aren't going to win. It's just not going to happen. It's been preordained, so get used to it. It's not going to happen. I would say there are, there are two franchises I would truly like to see win a title. Celtics-Clippers. No, no, that's one of the ones I would never want. Uh, I know. But the two franchises are the Jazz, and I'd also like to see Portland win. And basically for the same reason, they each have a player that I think is a mega talent, you know, Dame and, and Donovan Mitchell. And they also have these incredibly loyal, long-suffering fans. I mean, Portland won, but I would say two-thirds of your listeners right now weren't even born when they won. So, I mean, it would be great for those cities to finally get off the schneid and get a title. So, I am not jazz-averse. I, but to say I hate the, the Celtics is the understatement of all time, but they're no threat to anybody anyway. Um, the Clippers is the team, I have to tell you guys, 
that worry me a bit because they have a coach now. They didn't have a coach the last few years. They had a media figure. But now they have a guy who actually seems to be putting things together and getting that team to play well. And they're a bit of a front-runner team. In other words, when they're hot, when they're playing well, they tend to really run it up on people. But they're good, no doubt about it. Well, I am, I'm dismayed here. It's clear the Jazz and Portland. I see what you're doing. You are pouring salt into the wound of me as a longtime suffering Phoenix Suns fan. I see what you did there. Don't think you could slip it past me. You know, I remember the great days of Alvin Adams and the Greyhound Walter Davis and oh, I mean, <laughs> but uh, you know, the given one. But you know, you guys have CP3, and he annoys me because you know. <laughs> that's All Star CP3. Is he an All Star? Did he make it? Yeah, he did. Yes. Oh, okay. Hey, good for him. You know, I mean. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I got really nothing against the Suns. It's just, uh, but I mean, let's face it, PK, that Jazz fan base, I mean, those people are rabid. I mean, they're crazy rabid. Where would, do you guys have a parade route? You know, like in, in LA, everybody knows it goes down Figueroa, past Staples Center to downtown. Where would it be in Salt Lake City? We're coming down and we're going on Sepulveda and Rosecrans. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I can walk over and watch. That would be awesome. There was uh there've been a couple like pseudo parade kind of things like there was an undefeated Utah football team that wasn't number 1 but they were undefeated so they went down State Street to the county courthouse so maybe they do that and then the when the Utes lost the saddest parade you've ever seen Larry I mean <laughs> the saddest parade it was like a bunch of people having to go put down you know old yeller their faithful dog and companion of the last 20 years in their childhood they had a parade for the Utes after they lost to Kentucky in the 98 final and look at those Ute players who we'd all interviewed and we all knew, they were so sad. I mean, Mike Doliak said he hadn't looked at the tape of the game five years later. And he said, if you come back in 10 years and ask me, I won't have looked at it then. And they had to do a parade, and they were on North Temple. So I don't know where it'll go. It's not you know, it's not like the Lakers and the Dodgers and just rolling out gazillion-dollar payrolls and just, just reeling in one title after another. With a 30-year break for the Dodgers, I get it, but nonetheless. Well, believe me, I, I, I get that. I mean... I will say uh, with the Dodgers, you know, that is a common theme. And I guess in the last, you know, year because of the Betts contract and now the Bauer. But until then, they had won, what, the seven straight division titles with largely homegrown guys. I mean, uh, you know, all their stars, certainly. I mean, yeah, they picked up Justin Turner from the Mets, but he was a utility guy when they picked him up, you know. So, but until the Betts thing, this ownership group hasn't been – Oh, DJ, that's right. You're a big Padre fan, aren't you? Yeah, the two big spenders going at each other. <laughs> it is true, and it is so weird. A $5 trillion contract to Tatiste. <laughs> Unbelievable. We about, DJ, have we talked about the fact that I'm good buddies with Preller? No. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a great guy, really interesting guy. And uh, I'm, I'm actually quite proud of him. I mean, that's another thing where – I think the Dodgers, barring injury, are going to win anyway. But I wouldn't mind him <laughs> getting those. Well, it's kind of sweet because I can call him up and uh, 
especially when my boys were younger, you know, one's in college and one's just about to be now. So they don't even want to see dad anymore. But when they were, um, I could call him up and he'd set us up with seats right on top of the Padre dugout and everything. But uh, the only thing was I was banned from wearing any Dodger gear or whatever, you know, if I was going to take the free seat. So, you know, we faked it well. But, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be exciting. But I, I just I wanted to, to talk to you guys before this game tonight, originally thinking this would be just a great night of basketball. Fingers crossed that LeBron stops hoisting up threes from the logo. And uh, maybe they can stay within 10 or something. But uh, your jazz are very impressive. Very impressive. From the logo, does LeBron think he's Jimmer? Have, have you not? Have you guys not? That's become a thing with him. They, the, the announcer, they call it the logo three. And for a while, it's been cute because he would do it when they were up by 15. But the game they blew the other night to the, the uh, I was going to say the Bullets, the Wizards, um, you know, they're down by three with like 10 seconds left. He crosses midcourt and hoists up a three. It was the biggest brick you've ever seen, too. But, I mean, <laughs> and, and that's why, you know, people like me are saying he obviously is gassed. He, I mean, you know, the normal LeBron would put his head down and try to get in the But he's just, there's a lot of times in these games he just walks it up, pulls up and fires from 45, you know. And, and I think he's made like two of them, which is the worst thing that could happen because then he thinks he can make them. So, who knows? But he's, and no- he's dissing the greatest Laker of all time. Uh, he's he's no longer here, <laughs> but uh, I you know he, when do they play? Oh, that's right. We don't have the second half schedule yet. Yep. I'm really looking forward now to seeing that second half of the season schedule, and maybe because the Jazz have been so dominant, they'll put them like. Wouldn't that be great? Like back to back, the last two games. Well. I was going to say the last two games of the year, but I don't think the Lakers are going to be in contention for the best record. I think they'll fall off by four or five games. So ah, we'll just see when they play the second half. Well, Larry, you didn't really stir the pot with all your jazz love. We thought you'd come on and stir the pot like you have so many times, but you're pulling for them when they play the Clippers. That's clear. Oh, there, there's no doubt about that. You got nothing. Let's get those guys to Seattle where they belong and be done with them. Oh, jeez. Send him back to San Diego. Tired of L.A. stealing our teams. <laughs> Not a problem, guys. All right, thanks, Larry. All, All right, right. Take care. there it is. There's a, there's a new and improved Larry the Laker. Man, he would come on in like 07, 08, 09 in there when the Jazz seemed to be playing the Lakers in the playoffs every year, stir the pot and infuriate people. It's a kinder, gentler Larry now. Well, I think you have to respect the team, and he's obviously a hardcore basketball fan he's talking about Alvin Adams and the Greyhound back uh what was that early 80s in the in Phoenix Suns and he just I've never heard called them the bullets yeah I know I've never heard the Greyhound oh I think that's what they called uh Walter Davis and I've heard I've heard of Walter Davis I just didn't know that nickname yeah oh yeah he went to North Carolina and all that right. uh, so you should have heard of him but yeah. uh so he's obviously a basketball fan and the point I'm making is if you're a basketball fan you have to acknowledge what the Jazz are doing. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, you can hate them all you want, but you have to acknowledge that they are doing very, very well. And it's it, the question for the Jazz is how far can they carry us out? How long can this go? That's the only question that is involving this ball club right now is how far can they go? What is their level of advancement? 
First round, second round, third round, finals, right? Somewhere in between, somewhere at the end. They get to the finals, depending on who they're playing, probably Philadelphia or Brooklyn. Can they beat them four times, right? It's not a question, are they good enough now, I don't think. I think that question has been answered. How far can they carry it out when they go up against the best of the best? I think the legit thing for national people who want to question the Jazz, the, the whole dismissive the Jazz aren't good thing, that doesn't fly because they've got the best record. It's like you said, you're getting about halfway through this season. Yeah, we're beyond that. Right, so you got to be beyond that. But in the playoffs, when you're looking at the defending champs, when you're looking at other teams that have a two-time champion, uh, and you don't, it's not a question of just one. You'd probably have to beat two or three, maybe even three, all three of those teams that all have this championship pedigree. And you have a guy who's been to the Western Conference Final, and most of your guys haven't been past the second round. You've been out in the first right. round the last couple of years. That's why that's, there's a question. That's a legit That's why we're, that's why we're asking right. the question. That's a legit question to bring of up course. nationally. You Until know, they get to the point. Right. You know, these other guys have the championship pedigree and championship experience, and you can, you know, like whichever of the teams you like, but there's multiple Lakers, Clippers, Nets sitting out there, and you don't have that. Now, the thing is, when you say that about the Jazz, you better be saying it about Philly because they don't have it either, you know. So when you talk about these other teams, how do you talk about them? But there are three teams that have got it, and can you take them down? Well, the Clippers only have one player, though, so let's not yeah, go crazy it's true. Here. I mean, they don't have anybody else. Well, I guess Ibaka, he's got it. But, I mean, he's... In Toronto the one year, right? He was, in, he was a decent player in his day, but I don't think he's to that level now. And their coach has uh, a championship so because Lou won with Cleveland. Lou, Lou won with LeBron. Right. Yeah, he <laughs> so, did. Uh, I mean, you could put in... I could have coached <laughs> you and me. Cleveland team. <laughs> uh, so, get the ball that guy. Uh but nevertheless, he does have it. So that's the reason why you have the question. If they had already won, if they're coming off a title last year, you wouldn't have that question. They would be considered right now, if they had won a title last year with the record they did this year or even two years ago, they would be considered the overwhelming favorite or at least the considerable favorite to win it. But because they don't have that, that's a legitimate question. That's why the only thing involving the Jazz is how far can they string this thing out. When's it going to end? Is it going to end in the finals with a victory? Is it going to end in the finals and you could just go all the way down? Is it going to end in the conference final? Blah, 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 blah. You know, where's it going to end? That, that's, it. that's the only mystery left. That's a huge mystery. I understand. This stuff, oh, are they legit? Uh, can this stuff work? Blah, blah, blah. I think that's already... All right, DJ and PK coming up next. Everything you missed in this show. Tiger Woods, the Jazz, commonly not an all-star. A lot of ground to cover. We will do it next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. People who really know basketball thought Mike Conley would make the adjustment quicker than ordinary, but it actually could have worked in the exact opposite way, where he was so entrenched in what he'd been doing. Then he comes to the Jazz, and he's playing with different players, and Quinn wants to play a little differently, and he's got to adjust all that. I always thought he was going to have to fit in with Donovan and Rudy. I think I underestimated how difficult that transition was going to be for him, but what I think it does say is how coachable Mike Conley is. It'd be easy to say, I'm Mike W. 
you, Conley. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sit down and pay attention. You might just learn something. You know, that wasn't his take all along. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Ten seconds to go. Into the forecourt, Sexton. Left side to Stevens. Down the lane. Oh, with two hands. Stevens hit it. Beasley. Ball batted away. It's on the floor. Bucks have a turnover. Dante, the disruptor, made the play. Connaughton to Giannis for the slam. Jokic left side of the midcourt circle. More than happy to kill time with 35 seconds left to go in the ball game. Now he beats Cantor. Gets down the lane. You're a step and a dunk with two hands. Doncic with six and five. And four and three to his left. Pulls up from the hash mark. It's good! It's good! With a tenth of a second remaining as Doncic nails the game winner. And the Mavericks will win it 110 to 107. Big finish for Luka Doncic. 31-point game. Two go-ahead buckets. The game winner with a tenth of a second left. The Mavericks... Take down the Celtics, 110-107. Mavericks 500, Celtics a game below 500. But a good finish nonetheless. Isn't it weird how bad the Celtics are? We always talk about the Be worst good, man. In, the worst in the West. You know, who's underachieving in the West? And you look at Dallas and Denver. But who's underachieving in the East? you got to go right to the Celtics, don't you? I guess so. I don't pay a whole lot of exp- uh, attention to the East, but I've seen stories on that. They're a 500 team and within the conference final last year, if I remember. So if you go based on that, then absolutely. Yeah. Paying attention to the West and the Jazz and the team's chasing the Jazz. Jazz and Lakers tonight. Lakers are third now. Clippers all alone in second place after their win over the Wizards, 135-116. Kawhi Leonard goes for 32. Paul George goes for 30. The rest of the starters don't do anything, but they had four guys off the bench in double figures. And the Clippers are now three games behind the Jazz. So, handle the Wizards easily, three back. Yeah, I don't really pay attention much to the West either. (laughs) Okay, thanks for that. (laughs) The Nuggets, three games over five hundred. I keep waiting. Now, now they're going to get on a roll, PK. We'll we'll see. They got the win last night. They beat the Blazers. That's a good win. They're seventh. The Blazers are sixth. Yeah. I don't know that I see them getting on a roll. But I see him at any given time being dangerous. So they're, they're not capable of getting hot and getting into the 4-5 series? I don't know that they need to get hot to do that. Well, they though. probably don't. I'm looking at the standings now. They're a game behind the Spurs and the Blazers, who are 5-6. and six. So fifth place, they're only a game away. There's some separation now with the Suns. The Suns have, joined, have left the rest of the pack behind and joined the top three. And see, so the Suns are an interesting case study like we've spoken about the Jazz. The Jazz have already established themselves as one of the better teams in the Western Conference. That's been a fact, right? So we're not discussing that. We're discussing can they go all the way. That's their discussion. The discussion for the Suns, it's a different discussion, but there's still a discussion in are they one of the better teams in the West? The Jazz have already answered that. The Suns are a Johnny-come-lately, so you're asking yourself, are they one of the better teams like you just did? That's where they're at on the timeline. Denver, to me, go ahead. Uh, Suns are now a game behind the Lakers and a game and a half behind the Clippers, four and a half behind the Jazz. But 
They're now two and a half games clear of the Spurs and Blazers and three and a half in front of the Nuggets. So, But it's a legitimate question, can they maintain it? Yeah. Because they don't have a track record, just like the Jazz don't have a track record of going deep in the playoffs. That's why people are focusing on that. Now, for Denver, you know, they can get to fourth, I think. They can win a bunch of games. I don't know that they'll go on a big streak of you know, 10 out of 11 or whatnot. I'm not sure they're that good. But in any given game, when you've got a superstar, which they have, Jokic is a superstar, combined with Murray, who's a very good player, and some other guys who can get hot, as we've seen firsthand a few weeks back, they're a dangerous club. Well, I guess one of the big questions with Chris Paul is how many games is he going to play? Because we've seen in previous seasons, you know, he can miss 20 or 25 games. Uh, he was pretty good Not last, the last year. Two. He was pretty good last year, right? He played 70 yeah. games, and that was a shortened season. So that's a full season. But before that, 58 in Houston, 58 in Houston, 61 with the Clippers. Yeah, but that's before that, man. Nobody cares about that. It's now. What are you doing now? Well, he's only missed one game this year. He's been great. So last year and this year, right. uh, he's been money. And as long as he stays right. in the lineup, that's great. But if he goes out, how quickly do they do they fall off? And before but he's not out. I know. But before last year, he had three straight seasons where he got dinged so up one way what? or another. <laughs> well, he's in his 30s, PK. It's not unusual to have a problem. He's had one healthy year in his 30s. So it's not out of the realm to look at that and wonder. Uh, I, that's what you think. So be it. All right, any other uh, NBA games you want to highlight? Nets crushed the Kings. Good for them. They should. They did. Starting to see guys waved. See if you, uh, I don't know anybody who's really going to change the fortunes of anyone, but uh, you were talking about the Lakers, and you won't be surprised if they add somebody. So now we're waiting to see who will get let go that they might want to add that would be a, a game changer for them. Nets and Rockets waiting, guys, but nobody, nobody I think, it was a game-changer. So that is the NBA. For the Jazz, it's the Jazz and the Lakers uh, tonight. Uh, Jazz coming in 25-6, and six, and 21 of the 25 wins are by double digits. So they've had six losses, they've had four wins by single digits, and they've run 21 teams off the floor, which is why uh, when Larry the Laker came on, he said the debate in L.A. was, should LeBron who says he's not tired, but most people in L.A. think he is, should have even gotten on the plane to come for this game. Uh, A.D. can't go. Dennis Schroeder can't go. You're down your second-best player. You're down two starters. You know, it's an eight-and-a-half spread, eight-and-a-half point spread according to Vegas. So we know, though, that LeBron has a history of having big games in Utah, and he also has a history of him having big games and then his team losing somehow. He had that 50-point game early in his career and got the standing ovation, and he seems to come back and have some pretty big games, but one way or another, his team often gets beat. Well, LeBron's LeBron, man. He's a proven commodity. We have no questions about LeBron as far as I'm concerned. He's a 100% proven commodity. You know, the thing that I was reading and Larry was talking about resting is the worst-case scenario for the Lakers is he plays in the 40-minute range and they lose. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, if you're going to lose – you should have rested him. Yeah. And that's going to be a dilemma for this team. But without the couple of guys, and if you're down two starters, that's a blow. I mean, I don't think anybody can deny that. But also, in a, any given game, Kuzma can go for 25. Uh, 
Harrell has been playing nice off the bench. He can go this uh, Caldwell Pope, or is it Pope Caldwell? I think it's Caldwell. KCW. Contavious Caldwell Pope. He can go off. He can absolutely go off. Right. So when you're looking at a one-game basis, you name it, and it can potentially happen. So you take nothing for granted here. I don't know. I don't follow NBA lines. So I don't know how eight and a half or whatever that points is. I don't know what that relates to. What would that be if Anthony Davis was playing? Would the Lakers be favored? I, I, I don't know how those things work. I really don't follow basketball. seems like the most senseless of all sports to bet as far as that goes because you just, you know, in, in baseball, if you have a big lead, well, you don't uh, steal. You know what I mean? You don't necessarily mm-hmm. take the extra base. It changes the game. You, cur- you curtail it back. Well, in basketball, when the subs get in, you know, in football, the subs, if they, they're not supposed to be throwing bombs or whatnot. But when the subs get in in basketball, they can do it they want. You know, it's not viewed as running it up in the last possession, maybe. But the rest of the possessions, they're expected to play as if it was a tie game. So the point being that that could end up changing point spreads, not the outcome, but the point spreads. So I have never paid attention to betting in basketball. So I don't know. Is eight points an outrageous amount? Did that Does that equate to 21 in football or what? I really don't know. Yeah, I I don't pay that close attention to it for that reason you said that after the game is decided, weird things happen, you know, and and it changes so fast. And you don't know, like Quinn was trying to clear his bench earlier, and they just didn't have a whistle. They didn't have a dead ball to get the subs in. And finally they called timeout to get the starters off the floor because the game was over. So you have weird stuff like that impacting the games. The BYU game this uh, at Loyola Marymount, BYU's up by 32, and you clear the bench at the end of the game, and Loyola goes on a 15-0 run to close the game, and BYU wins by 17. You know, it doesn't, the, the, the final score doesn't necessarily reflect how close the game was or wasn't. There's winning. Yeah, and those guys, when they get in, if they want to jack up threes, so be it. Nobody really says anything. Yep. Uh, a little college basketball. BYU is going to allow 1,750 fans into the Marriott Center for their home games this week, according to head coach Mark Pope. That's about 10% of capacity, not quite, but roughly ballpark there. So you have a chance to see two games. They'll have senior night Saturday. I don't actually know the game time. I assume it's night. I guess it could be senior afternoon, but you get the point. These are the last two home games in the regular season. But the West Coast Conference Tournament and the Mountain West it? Conference Tournament are saying no fans at all there. So this How is did what, they come up with that number? Yak and I were talking about that in a break, and, he, and Pope apparently said there'd be basically a one fan for every 10 seats. And I was, I was asking Yak, because they don't know the new capacity. They redid the Marriott Center, and the number came down a little because it was 22,000 or something like that at one point. Um, but if they're letting in, like, say, I don't know, 150 to 250 friends and family, do those count as part of the fans? And would that put it right at 10%? I'm going to assume that that's going to be an addition to what they Or they're, they're counting all the game personnel and all the players on the benches and the coaches. It, it feels like 10%. Pope's original comment yesterday was we're planning on around 2,000 fans. Then he followed up saying 1,750. So I'm kind of in the same ballpark Ushers as you. That and all that. The extra 250 is the family and friends in addition to the 1,700-plus fans. Mm. Whatever. Yeah, 1,750 does seem like a weird number. But I don't know if you take that up to, you know, if you, if you, count, if you figure everyone breathing is what matters, so you add in players and ushers and 
whoever's running the clock and all that stuff, maybe it's right at 10%. Maybe that's the number they came up with. But it'll be uh, zero fans for the West Coast Conference and the Mountain West tournaments in Vegas. I haven't heard from the Pac-12 yet, but wouldn't be surprised if they went the same direction, but they haven't said yet. So, in other words, it'll be like uh, Pacific versus Portland. Yes, or exactly, right? This will impact Gonzaga and BYU games, but after that, how big an impact will it be? Did St. Mary's take people? Did they have like 200, 300 fans there? Yeah, maybe a little, but it is overwhelming, Gonzaga. I've been to each and every one of them since BYU has been down there, and it is absolutely the Gonzaga thing. I mean, the Gonzaga fans are all over the place because – this is their thing. You know, they don't have. Yeah. This is the one thing they can count on. They don't have a football program, so they're not spending any money there going to bowl games or whatnot. And NCAA tournament, you don't know where you're going, but you know you're going to Vegas on that first weekend of March, and they just flock to it. It's very, very impressive. So you schedule your vacation time, and you know you're trading Spokane mm-hmm. for Vegas and heading south when the weather in March still a little iffy. And there's to probably the north. about a ninety percent chance you're going to see them win. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's go see a victory. <laughs> yeah. And you're going you're gonna to be with them when they cut down the nets and blah, blah, blah. And so everybody goes home happy. And we talked a little Tiger Woods this morning. We had Brian Taylor on from Real Golf Radio. Tiger Woods underwent extensive surgery on his lower right leg, uh, the ankle. And so uh, he said he talked to a friend of his who is a doctor and does this kind of surgery, orthopedic surgery, and said for a normal person it would be a year to get back to full function. Uh, you know, Tiger's an elite athlete and maybe driven, so a little faster maybe, but that's kind of the timeline. It's going to be a while. But uh, I think everybody who's seen the car says, hey, the good news is he's alive, so there's that because the, the car was just thrashed, totaled. Oh, very much so. I mean, obviously that's what matters the most. And whether he plays golf again, I'm sure it matters to him. I, when I say play golf again, I'm talking about a high competitive level. If he does, man, uh, it is going to be quite the story. Uh, and he has an opportunity to do so much good in this world, though, going forward, that that's the most important thing. That's what we've been talking about. When we come back, your feedback, everything you've hit us up with on Twitter. If you've used the, uh, if you got anything from the app today, people using the open mics and they're taking got one. Uh, I think we know who, right? No, it's actually not who you think. Really? All right. Well, you can always grab your phone, use the app, use the open mic feature. You can still do it right now. Send us your takes, Conley and All Star, all that kind of stuff, and uh, Yaka get it on the air next. Stay with us. And it's all over, almost here. Don't go nowhere. Why do people give so much shade to the Jazz for losing a 3-1 lead in the playoffs when the Clippers did the same thing to the same team? I don't understand. I think the Clippers do get heat for doing that. I think Coach lost his job over that. I think, uh, I mean, I think there is blowback. I think we don't notice as much because we're not living in L.A. We're living in Salt Lake City. What do you think, PK? I think I would largely agree with you. I'm trying to come up with reasons why I can support that take on the open mic. Uh, Okay, I guess the thing he's got going for him there, and the other thing I would say is uh, 
the Clippers are a little immune to it and don't catch the full brunt of it because they did change the coach, so there's no no reason to reference back because the coach has changed. And Kawhi, having two titles with two organizations, gives them a level of credibility that's going to minimize how much heat. They take heat for it, but they don't take that much heat going forward because their star players won two championships. And at some point, everybody's blown. I mean, the Clippers blew it, but... LeBron's blown it. Shouldn't have lost to the Mavericks when they were up 2-0. Uh, the Lakers blew it with the showtime. They had a series against the Celtics. They never should have lost. They should have won that thing, as one Laker once said, five games to two. But they blew two games, and they lost in seven. So everybody's Dang. blown it at some point. Okay. All right, fine. Uh, but it, the Jazz, the great thing about it, man, is that there's no what-ifs and whatnot. You go ahead and win. Yeah, the respect just, doesn't matter. You're going to get all the acclaim you could possibly handle. You're going to get it a thousand times over. That's the great thing about this whole thing, is we'll find out one way or the other in time, and we'll know for sure. There's no selection committee to leave teams out or to seed teams and give them an easier path. You get the seeding you earn with your regular season. So what everybody thinks... Annoying in the minute, but doesn't have an impact in the big picture. You either win or you don't. Yeah. All right, more feedback coming in. People uh, tweeting at us at David DJ James. Uh, A lot of people tweeting about uh, Mike Conley and the All-Star team. And Gobert's on it. Mitchell's on it. But Conley is not. At least not yet. We'll see. There'll be at least one. Maybe there'll be more, but there'll be at least one injury replacement that has to be named here. Not at all outraged. I'm disappointed that Mike Conley didn't make the all-star team. People keeping it to disappointment. It really comes down to they just name the guys who score the most points. And if you're over 24 points a game, you're probably in. If you're under 24, you don't have a very good shot. There's, there's three guys who are down in the teens and scoring, who, where Mike is, who made it. And it's Rudy Gobert and Ben Simmons, who are contributing teams that have the best record in the conference, and it's Chris Paul, who's getting recognized uh, for his career and for the big turnaround the Suns are making this season, and he's obviously the key new piece. As you pointed out, PK, they got young players, so they should have been improving anyway, but he comes in, and they are suddenly fourth in the West and only a game and a half out of second. I am surprised about that pick, though, and it's certainly no knock on Chris Paul. I thought the Suns were worthy of one all-star selection, and I thought that selection would go to Booker, and it didn't, and that surprises me. Paul has a rep and Booker doesn't, and uh, your surprise can be minimized here if Booker is named as the replacement uh, for but Anthony I thought Davis. Booker made it last year. Am I wrong? I'd have to look that up. I thought he did, too. Then I'll take he did. Yeah. So I thought that he would be the guy, but I'm totally fine with Chris Paul because I believe that the emphasis of winning should be very, very high and the importance of it, and that should go into it. Now, that's number one. We say, well, what about Mike Conley? No, Mike Conley would be number three in Booker terms was of an how many guys on the team. Yeah, that's what I thought. So... If you're going to pick Paul as the Suns representative, great. Asking Conley to be picked as the third representative when his big statistical claim, if you're going to go on that, I'm not saying you should, but if you're going to go on that, all of a sudden we're placing a huge amount of emphasis on plus-minus. 
I place emphasis on winning. The reason why I would have picked him is because the team is winning. But, you know, I think it's a knock against them that they went 6-0. and It's like his own team. Did his own team sabotage his all-star <laughs> uh, credential by going 6-0 and without him? I think maybe some people thought about that. Now, I don't know when the vote came in. As far as was it a was it a week ago, so it wasn't all six games, or did they do it earlier this week? I'm not sure when the vote was actually conducted. Yeah, I don't know for sure either. You would think uh, now that you could just click online and fill something out, and you know they can have it and tabulate it five right. minutes later, that it would be right. more recent. You know, we're we're a little it's past not that many guys yeah, are asking to vote. We're a little past the days of licking a stamp and sending snail mail here. So this ought to be. Although maybe, you know, if I'm Conley in the Jazz, I might claim some election fraud there. <laughs> maybe we decide this March 6th. Okay. Hey, I'm just going with the times. Yeah, it's the headlines. Fresh as today's headlines. There it is. There it is. All right, anything else you want to pass along before we make way for Hans and Scotty? Any final words? Expecting a Jazz victory tonight? The Lakers shorthanded? I'm at the point where I always expect, expect a jazz, jazz victory. victory. Yeah. But what I'm curious to see is what the shooting percentages are. Because I think there's some level of truth to the law of numbers nice. or the law of averages. And, man, they shot the ball. And such a short span of time, too. It was really just the second half they went berserk. Now, you don't need that level of shooting proficiency to win the game, for sure. But nevertheless, even with Anthony Davis out, this is still a big game. And with Schroeder out, this is still a big game because it's LeBron coming to town. And LeBron is the biggest show in basketball for sure. And it's on national television, right? Is it an ESPN spiel? That's why is it's that an 8 o'clock, going on 8 o'clock game tonight. And it's yeah. an hour later. It's ESPN, and uh, they usually do side-by-side. So I assume if you want to watch Bowler and Thurl, they'll be on AT&T. And then the, uh, if you want the national, it'll be on ESPN. And so I, people get yeah. excited for that yep. to play. Players get excited, so I'm really looking forward to it. And like Larry the Laker, I've had it circled for weeks. It's watered down some, but so what? DJ and PK, we're out of here. Hands and Scotty are up next. We'll see you.